opening doors. Opening doors. So I was reading in the news. I have this thing where it helps me put together my sermons. It's kind of like a checklist, a checklist, a checklist. Can you tell I have not slept well last night? Lord, help me, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Dory. I was looking at the news because this sheet said, when you write your sermon, do it with your Bible open, your pen in hand, your paper in front of you, and the newspaper next to you. Because you want it to be biblical, you want to be able to write it down, and you want it to be relevant. Sounds good, right? So I was going through the paper. Well, not the paper. I was going through the the paper. I was going through the the, the information on uh, what was it? It was it was the app for the news station in Bismarck. I guess they handled Bismarck and Minot and that whole area. But they were talking about this um, ethics commission. Have you ever heard of this thing? Apparently, in 2018, on the ballot, we voted in that an ethics commission be created in order to create rules and procedures and things like that for our lawmakers in Bismarck so that they're ethical. <laughs> and what was interesting is that the title of this article literally said that they're being that the people that are being interviewed for this job are being asked about their party affiliation. And I went, party affiliation? That doesn't sound very ethical to me. <laughs> that shouldn't matter a whole lot. But they are. <laughs> and so I just found it very interesting that we are in a, such a state right now where we have to vote in, we have to vote something into law to help our lawmakers, the people we voted in and we're supposed to trust, we have to create a non-governmental ethics commission to keep track of them. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, my dad kind of taught me to not be unethical. Did yours? I mean, somebody, somebody in here is going to be like, no, my dad never taught me that. My dad was, a, my dad was a, you know, a snake in the dirt. And that happens. But everyone in Bismarck? Come on now. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I honor and I respect our leaders, but I was just thinking about it. I'm like, what kind of guidance were these men and women given growing up that they now need a commission to keep them on the straight and narrow. It's a sad state of affairs. It's a sad state of affairs, but the, here's, here's what it actually said. This is, this is a quote from their website. The commission's duty is to strengthen the confidence of the people of North Dakota in their government and to support open, ethical, and accountable government. Aren't you supposed to be doing that already? All right, hold on. It, its job will be to adopt ethics rules related to transparency, corruption, elections, and lobbying to which any lobbyist, public official, or candidate for public office shall be subject, and it may be investigated, and it may also investigate alleged violations of such rules. They're going to be busy, is what I'm thinking. This is a big deal, guys. This is a big deal. If we can't trust the people we elect that much, it's a big deal. Here's the thing. It goes back into what are these guys being guided into? One of the groups in there that was mentioned was lobbyists. Lobbyist jobs. Well, it's a lobbyist job. Well, the idea was is that you stood in the lobby and you shouted your ideas and you hoped that the congressman heard you. That was the origin of a lobbyist. That's why they're called lobbyists. They sit in the lobby. <laughs> now they just get meetings and then give money. 
But see, the thing is, is I think that the church should be a model for how to be ethically. I think the church should be a model for just about everything. And that requires something that we don't naturally have. That's God's guidance. We don't naturally have that. But here's the thing. With God's guidance, we can't do this alone. We can't have God's guidance alone. Can we receive God's word alone? Yes, you can. But to get the full picture, to get the God's eye view, it's bigger than any of us can think about. It's bigger than our minds can comprehend. I want to tell you about something that was going on in the Bible. In Acts chapter 15, leading up to this, there was a situation where Peter was at Cornelius' house, and Cornelius was a Gentile. And Peter didn't want to go to the Gentile's house. Gentiles are dirty. We don't want to be with Gentiles. Gentiles, you know, they, they don't deserve it. They don't deserve God's gift. What did God say? Yeah, go anyway. So he was obedient. He went. And everyone in Cornelius' house accepted Christ and was filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, and then was baptized. Alongside all of this stuff happening, a couple years later, a couple guys walking around, Paul in particular, was an apostle to the Gentiles. That's what he was called. This Pharisee of Pharisees, this guy who was the guy in like would have been like the big cheese at some point in time in the Jewish society, is now the apostle to the Gentiles. Imagine someone who absolutely despises government. Absolutely despises it. Is a separatist? Is maybe they're maybe they're uh, maybe they're the uh, the uh, what is the, the 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 individual nation type people? They're they're talking about like I'm my own nation. You can't tell me what to do type guy. And then all of a sudden, God gets a hold of him, saves him, and then says, "Oh, and by the way, you're going to be a missionary in Bismarck. <laughs> you're going to be an evangelist to the to the government. That's the kind of thing he had to go." God had changed his heart so much that he then became the apostle to what he despised. He didn't like Gentiles. They had no business being Christians in the eyes of the Jews. But that was not God's plan. God's plan was made evident by the work that Paul did and the evidences that came from that, that came from Peter and the work that he did. And everything was showing that God's heart was not about that. God's heart was about everyone, every created being coming back into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Gentiles were not Jews. They were not God's chosen people. They were God's created people. And in Acts chapter 15, we're presented with something interesting. We're presented with the fact that there was men walking around They were going, okay, I get it. Gentiles, all right, fine. Gentiles can be believers too. But, there's always a but. But, you have to follow all the law and become Jews yourself. You have to become Jews. So they would go around and they would help them become Jews. If you guys want to know the process of that, you can look in uh, the Old Testament. Um, Let's just say it was painful for some guys, most, well, all guys. Um, and following the law was impossible. And so this caused a problem. The problem being that obviously they've been saved. Obviously they're receiving the, Holy, the gifts of the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is there amongst them. Obviously they're being baptized. And they're not having to do all the, all, the, all the Jewish laws. So this doesn't make any sense. There's not a whole lot of clarity going on here, is there? So what happened is they got all together, and they did this thing called the Jerusalem Council. And you can read about this in Acts chapter 15. 
They had a really long time together where they prayed, they fasted, they talked about it, they sought God's face on what to do about this stuff because nothing had been written, nothing had been said about what to do about these Gentiles. Just didn't exist. Here's the letter that came out of that meeting. And it's Acts chapter 15, verse 23 to 29. You can read it up on the screen if you want. This letter is from the apostles and elders, your brothers in Jerusalem. It is written to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. Greetings. It's a good way to start. We understand that some men from here have troubled you and upset you with their teaching. Have troubled you and upset you with their teaching, but they did not but we did not send them. So we decided, having come to complete agreement, to send you official representatives along with our brothers, Barnabas and Paul, who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are sending Judas and Silas to confirm what we have decided concerning your question. And here's their answer. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than those few requirements you must abstain, abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. If you do this, you will do well. Farewell. The direction from the church made clear what was not clear before. It made it very clear which leads me to my first point. Guidance brings clarity. See, the men that were walking around and, and teaching falsely, they probably thought they were doing the right thing. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not them. I wasn't around. But let's think about it. If you've always known how to do something, and you've always done it that way, and no one has told you to do something another way, why would you try to change that? It goes back to that old adage, the old adage, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But see, the thing is, is that with what was happening with the Gentiles and what was happening in salvation, it was just left very unclear about what was supposed to be going on. So what did they have to do? They had to get together, they had to pray, and they had to seek God's face. I want to I highlight something real quick before we, before we continue on. You see there where it says, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit? That's the key. See, none of this scripture existed before. And if you, if you went off of what had been written, you might even come to the same conclusion as these men who are walking around doing false teaching. But they did. They sought God's, They sought God. In his face. And it seemed good to the Holy Spirit that this is what was going to happen. They corporately came together and it brought clarity. See, our, our lives are always going to be full of people who are going to misrepresent us. They're going to be full of people who misrepresent us, whether it's because of a misunderstanding or a miscommunication or a lack of guidance. People will very often, often misrepresent us or get false impressions about us because of it. I know I've done this a hundred thousand times. How many times am I unclear about some directions that I've made? I'm pretty sure I've done it today, haven't I? <laughs> ben smiles because he knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> I said, yeah, this song, it's going to go this way, and then we're just going to go with it. <laughs> that was completely unclear. But, you know, that's, that's my fault, and it gives off a bad impression because I'm really not that kind of a guy. Promise. <laughs> See, this day in Jerusalem, a misrepresentation of salvation was around. See, it was God's free gift, but his free gift was being misrepresented. Probably in a good way. You know, they thought they were doing the right thing. But these decisions were being made without clarity. And it took a matter of coming together and seeking God's face to bring that, that clarity the other thing that guidance does is it brings a consensus. I told you guys earlier is that 
maybe you have one word, and maybe you have one word, maybe you have one word, maybe you have one word. Maybe they're different words. But what's amazing is when they're all spoken together, they work in concert. I learned something interesting today. I was, I was doing my devotion, and I was, uh, I was actually watching a video of a pastor that, that I admire. And um, he was talking about the Bible. 1,500 years is how long it took to write the Bible. 1,500 years. Do you remember what was happening 1,500 years ago? Let's just say Constantine had just finished being emperor. Christianity was just then becoming the state religion in the, in the, in the Roman Empire. There's something that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> 1,500 years ago. That's a long time, folks. But the words that came together from in the beginning to the end of Revelation all come together to tell one congruent story. Isn't that amazing? The consensus of these authors write out the history of God. We have in our midst the opportunity to seek God's face to look for his direction, work together, pray together, hear God's voice, and develop consensus, a clear consensus of the direction he wants us to go, not just as a church, but as brothers and sisters in Christ. Because the other thing that guidance brings is community. Let me tell you about consensus a little bit before we get there. Matthew 18, Jesus tells us how we're to seek God's face. It says, I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will give it to you. He will do it for you. For wherever two or three gather together in my name or as my followers, I am there among them. See, consensus and clarity brings community as well. It brings us together. It helps bridge the gaps between where we fall short, where others fall short, where our strengths are and where their strengths are. I want to tell you something that there was, there was a group of believers who were just not doing the right thing. Leadership in the church brought topics for discussion together, and they would talk about it. They would come together with issues. They would present each other with issues. They would, did you know that the early church actually shared everything amongst themselves? They worked as like a little community. In Acts 4.32, it says that the people shared everything. And that the believers were of one heart and one mind. That's kind of cool. Having everyone together in one heart and one mind and one goal and one vision and one purpose. But let me tell you what came out of that. In Acts 4.32, it talks about how they were of one mind. But of, in verse 33, in Acts 4.33, it says, where it's, it, it says that great power the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was shown to, the, shown to be powerful and was constantly at work in all of them. See, when we come together as a community and we meet each other's needs and we seek God's face together and his guidance on how we're supposed to live our lives and how we're supposed to, you know, give our funds or our energy or our talents or whatever it is, you're going to find that the needs within the body, within the community, 
are met. And when those things are met, you don't bring baggage into the church that's not going to get handled. What you bring into the church, what you bring into your community is an openness, a willingness, a single-mindedness. I can't tell you how many times over the years I've gotten up to do different ministries or whatever it was, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about how am I going to put food on the table? Especially when I was unemployed, that was tough. That was really, really tough. But see, the thing is, is that God is not just he's not just there he's good and he's good in a way that we can't even comprehend let me explain that a little bit more god is good in that What he wants for us is the best thing. Even if we don't believe that. Remember in Acts 15, there were men walking around. They were preaching what they thought was the right thing to preach. They thought they were preaching the good thing. But they weren't. They were preaching the wrong thing. They hadn't sought God's guidance on these things. They, they went off what they always knew. But if God can give us guidance and we can seek his face and he's told us what to do and we don't do it, then we're in disobedience. And when we're in disobedience, we minimize our effectiveness. Can I tell you something? That sometimes we're disobedient to God because we're thinking that we're doing the good thing. These men who were going around preaching that everyone needed to become Jews, they thought they were doing the good thing. Let me tell you a little bit of history behind that. In the Garden of Eden, there were foreseeably thousands of trees, fruit-bearing trees, not just trees, but fruit-bearing trees. It's not like the tree of good and evil was the only option out there. <laughs> the devil literally had to get Eve's, eye, Eve's eyes off of all of the other good things that God had provided her to get her to focus on that one thing. Do you know what the Bible says? In Genesis 3, 6, it says this. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and desirable to make one wise, she took of it its fruit and ate. This tree was not decrepit. It was not ugly. It didn't smell bad. It didn't have rotten fruit on it. It looked good. Sometimes in life, we can go through our lives, we can set up our lives around something that looks good. We really can. We can make our lives around this whole thing that we think is good. But there are so many believers. And guys, this is how the devil trips up believers. It's the only way he could have tripped up Eve in a glorious place but like Eden. It's the only way he could do it is to make it look good. To make the disobedience look good. That's how he trips us up. And we can live our entire lives living for what we think is good, but it's not God's good. Proverbs 14, 12 puts it this way. There's a right way that seems right to man, but in its end is the way of death. And Paul put it this way in, 1 Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians eleven three. He put, but I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted. 
just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. Guys, we can get deceived by what we perceive to be good. Maybe the world thinks it's good. But I'm telling you, you don't want to end up in front of God on Judgment Day having been a missionary because you thought it was a good thing to do and have him go, so how'd it go as as an investment banker? Because I'm judging you on that. Or you don't want to be an investment banker making millions and millions of dollars or whatever and God go, so how did it go being a homeless shelter owner? Because he's not going to judge us on what we thought we were supposed to be doing. He's going to judge us based upon what he's created us to do. (laughs) He's got his own definition of what's good for us. And when we seek God and the Holy Spirit gives us the guidance from God, which, by the way, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, I'm sending a guide. If you seek the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gives you a word, that's God's message for you. And that's what you're judged on. How do we determine what that message is? Personal prayer and devotion, sure. Listening for the Holy Spirit yourself, yes. But coming together, guidance brings clarity, consensus, and community. If you can't have other people around you going, yeah, this is your calling. We, we all agree with that. Or let's say you're coming up on a, on a decision in your life, and you can't, and, you, and, and you're there, and you, you're around people, and, you're, and, and someone in the church just goes, I, I, the Holy Spirit is just saying this is not the right direction for you. But then you're disobedient, and you don't listen to it. is important guys it's it's it is corporate we are a body of christ don't be a hand and be like oh i'm gonna go walk on like a foot i don't know a whole lot of people that can walk on their hands as well as they can their feet and i don't know anyone that can handle a power tool as well as with their feet as they can with their hands Maybe it's not something very big. Maybe it's something small and you just need God. You just want God's guidance. Guys, we're here. We have an opportunity as a church to come together and listen for God's voice. So I want to I want to talk about just a couple more things, if you'll give me a minute, because that, that was just half. I'm kidding. That's not half. You guys are like, man, it's Father's Day. Doesn't he know that it's Father's Day? Yes, I know it's Father's Day. First, this is the guidance I want to give you today. This is the guidance that the Holy Spirit gave me, and I've gathered this guidance from others as well. So this is a corporate guidance I'm giving you, okay? Number one. You guys write this down on your brains or write it down on your hearts or write it down on your phones or write it down on, your, on, your, on, on, on a piece of paper. You can grab the envelope from the front if you want. I don't mind. I'll, I'll print more. <laughs> Number one, rely on God. Simply put, rely on God. Depend on him for your daily bread. Don't store things away. You can't take it with you. Share your gifts, your talents, and living in your calling as he's commanded you to do. Number two, rely on his body. Rely on the church. When we're willing to be open with each other and willing to help one another, it shows, not just in our church, but it shows in the community. If you see a need from the people in the church and you have the means to fill it, do so. It isn't about what you will get Back in return. Store up your treasures in heaven. Number three, seek the Holy Spirit's guidance. No one in this room has a monopoly on the Holy Spirit. If you are struggling, tell the body, be open. Allow yourself to be vulnerable. 
And then corporately as a church, we will take any situation to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and listen to his guidance. And here's the thing, guys. I know it can be scary. I know it can seem embarrassing. Maybe there's something that you're like, I can handle this. That is the key words that the enemy wants you to say. I can handle this. I can, I can do this. I don't need help. I don't need other people. You may have a tough decision to make. You may have an idea that's been rolling around in your head, and you haven't figured out how to implement it or whatever it is. I mean, the Holy Spirit's here for you, and we want to help communicate his clear guidance to you as a, as a church. So what we're going to do is we're going to do this. You guys want to try this out? This will be fun. See, this is what I love about this series that we're doing, is every single time we do this series, I'm going to bring my, my little stool down here, and... We are going to practice the disciplines. So this is what I call application time. This is where we all get to work together. This is serious. So what I want you to do is this. I need one volunteer, only one. It doesn't have to be anything big, just something on your heart something that you've been thinking about or considering or whatever it is. And what I want you to do is if it's, it needs to be something that you are either struggling with to understand or overcome or whatever it is, something where you need God's guidance. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take that thing as a church in prayer, and then we're going to take some time, we're going to listen to the Holy Spirit, and then I'm going to say, okay. And if I've got a message from the Holy Spirit, I'll give it to you. And then I'm going to give everyone an opportunity in the congregation that whatever the Holy Spirit has spoken to you about that, to be able to speak it out. We have to put these things into practice. I would love to, I mean, the easy thing for me would be to just do an altar call at this moment, and we pray and we leave. I'm not going to let us get away with that. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could all all leave right now, but I I, I do. I want to I, I want to see if there is someone who is willing to take their concern to Jesus right now. I don't know why you'd want to hold on to it. I mean, you could be free today. You don't have to be nervous. Everyone's good, huh? Any volunteers? Just speak up. I'm not going to I'm not going to hold Here, I'll even put Everyone's good. Nobody nobody is uh dealing with anything or Struggling with anything? All right. Well, I guess it's time to go out and evangelize and heal the sick. You guys ready? I'm serious. I mean, we all walked in with something. Okay. But Okay. Cool. Cuz I I was this seat's comfortable and I'll I'll be here a while. <laughs> yeah. 
talk loud or I can use this. <laughs> All right. So here's my situation, one of my situations. And, and the, you know, we're, we're uh, getting up there now. I've been out here at the lake for 17, 18 years coming up on now. And we're, it's going to be decision time pretty soon. Retirement's a few years away. Where, God, are you leading us? Do we stay here? Should we be looking now for a place to buy, build, whatever? Or when my time here is over, are we to leave and go somewhere else? So, been praying about it, seeking God about it. And I haven't gotten direction yet. I, I feel he's leading me in a certain direction. I won't say which direction that is because I'd rather get some input from others on it. But it's a decision that we're going to have to make here in the next few years. So. All right, church. So what we're going to do is, like the last week when I was up here preaching and we did this, uh, we're going to meditate on, on that word and we're going to listen for the Holy Spirit the first thing you need to do every single time that you meditate and you listen for the Holy Spirit is you need to empty yourself and get yourself out of the way and then seek God's word. Because we may have personal feelings that may get in the way of it, but we don't want what we think to be as good to get in the way of what God's message is. All right, so let's pray. You be praying on your own, and I'll, 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 what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll come back in just a couple minutes, and we'll see what God has said. Thank you so much for David's heart and that he is willing to share this inner thing with us as a, as a corporate body. I pray, Lord God, that the words that we share will be directly from you, God. And amen. All right. Melanie, do me a favor. Grab a piece of paper. Because because when the when the Lord speaks, even through, even when the Lord speaks through His people, you want to write it down. <laughs> that way, you always have it to go back to. That's why that's why the scriptures are so wonderful because you can always go back to it. 
We've had stuff that has been spoken over Leah and I, and we go back to it constantly. And at this point, about three-quarters of that stuff has already come to pass through no effort of our own. <laughs> and the other quarter I'm waiting on. So thank you for recording this. All right, so I want to I wanna open it up real quick. You don't need a microphone or anything like that. You don't have to stand up. You don't even have to say who you are or anything like that. I know some people are like, hi, my name is, and this is the word that, no, seriously, just whatever God has laid on your heart, whether it's a picture or words or whatever it is, I'm going to get out of the way, and I'm going to let you guys speak whatever, Holy, whatever the Holy Spirit has spoken through you. Yeah, I appreciate that. And the thing is, is sometimes we, the words we get may be confirming for some things. And sometimes that may be what we need in order to help push us in a certain direction. Now, I did say that sometimes there are different parts of a word. So maybe that is just one part. Maybe someone else got something completely different. You know, for instance, one thing I got is that you do want to spend time with your kids. Um, but I, ne- I didn't get the impression at all that you wanted to spend all of your time with your kids. <laughs> so I think, I, I think honestly, a lot, of, a, a lot of the word that I got from, from the Holy Spirit was similar to what, to what Mike was saying. Anyone else? Okay. Oh, that was a big one. Ever had that thought? Something close. Okay. I don't want to stop if you guys have anything more. I mean. <laughs> the easiest decision you'll ever make in your life is the decision to follow Christ. Because he's the one that lights your path. 
If you're not on the path that he's lighting, you're, you're in the dark. Being in the dark is just stupid. <laughs> so. Can I tell you something really cool about the Holy Spirit and his guidance? He doesn't care about the facts. He really doesn't. The last time I checked, he's the the man with the cattle on a thousand hills. So it doesn't matter what the checkbook says, and it doesn't matter what everyone else says or anything like that. If God's calling you to do it, he's going to make a way for it to happen. There were were days, weeks, when I was unemployed, I didn't know where the food was going to come from. But I'll tell you what, I've never gone without a meal without a choice. <laughs> we'll get to fasting later. But, I mean, you can look at me. I'm, I, haven't, I haven't not gone without a meal. I, have, I rule no fat pastors. I'm still working on that one. So, did that help? Did it bring some clarity? Did it bring some consensus? I mean, there's some other people in here that can agree with you. That's some consensus right there, right? Did it help bring you closer to the people in your church? Yeah, community. See, guys, it works. Man, Pastor Scott's not just talking anymore. <laughs> That's a good consensus right there. So, I mean, I think you guys have more to pray about and stuff like that and planning to make. But now, you know, you have a lot better idea of which direction that you should be looking. You want to share with us? No. Oh, man, we got a peek in. Did you see that? We got a peek in. So, guys, it's not that hard. It's really not. And the, what's the worst part? The worst part is we're thinking about moving. You mean you're thinking about going where God wants you to go? Great. <laughs> we'll support you in that 100%. And anyone who doesn't support that, guys, come on now. <laughs> He's not the only one. I guarantee it. But I want you to know that you're not alone. You're not alone in this journey of life. There are things that others of us have gone through, that God has brought us through that can be a testimony for us to help bring us through it. There's, there's stuff that you've read in Scripture that I haven't read in Scripture, and you can, well, I've read it in Scripture because I've read the whole Bible, but maybe it didn't click with me in that moment. You can eliminate me or vice versa or to each other. This right here, is an example of what God wants to do with the people in this church. We have to break the ice because it's hard to be a really cold light. You can't be a cold light. Have you ever touched a cold light? I've never touched a cold light before. (laughs) I've touched some really hot ones. These things get really hot when they're on. But there's no such thing as a cold light. And the only way salt is salt is if it's salty. So if you're going to be salt and light in our community, we've got to do that. And it starts right in here, in this room. Next week, we're going to be celebrating. And I am more than happy to hear any good news throughout this week. Anytime anyone's looking for guidance, I'm more than willing to pray with you. I'm sure if you can find a group of people here, they'll be willing to pray for you. The The board's going to be meeting tomorrow, and we're going to be praying for people too. Okay? That's going to happen. You are not alone. 
So don't keep your stuff to yourself. That's a good way for it to not go well in your life. Lord God, I pray for everyone in this room as we get ready to leave for today that you will speak to them, that you will guide them, that you would give us the word that is needed for someone else. Lord God, as we go out throughout our day today, even on this Father's Day, help us to remember that you are our great father. You have good advice for us. You have good guidance for us. And we don't have to learn everything ourselves. Sometimes we can just take the example of what all the other kids of yours have gone through or what you've spoken to them. I pray, Lord God, that Anything that hinders us from sharing sharing what's going on in our lives or whatever it is, help that to break off. Because when we live a life separated from you, separated from your body, it's not good. Help us to be, help us to trust each other. And help us to be worthy of that trust. Lord God, I pray for whatever anyone has walked in with today that we can, together as a church, seek your face for it. And next week, Lord God, as we get ready to celebrate, I pray that we can celebrate not just the stars and their crowning and the awards and everything in this Sarah, but that we can also celebrate victories in our life that have occurred this week. I pray that people will show up next week with testimonies about how great you are and all the things that you've done, the guidance that you've given them. In your name, amen. Well, you guys have a wonderful week, and I'll see a couple of you guys tomorrow. (laughs) And uh, I'm looking forward to next week. God bless.